0: everyone, the title for this message is No God. Today, more than in any time in history, do people know more and have more knowledge about many things. Today, 10-year-old kids know more than a 20-year-old adult probably a decade ago. A 10-year-old has acquired more knowledge in his or her own memory bank than any time in history. It can be a good thing or it can be a bad thing. Information is available through the World Wide Web. They can be a distraction to some and can overwhelm a child growing up or even adults. We would expect that more knowledge and opportunities and more freedom to choose can help this world a better place to live in. But in converse, there are many people who are depressed today. There are many people who are lonely, anxious, and sometimes hopeless. They find that the world can satisfy their basic human need, even if they have more knowledge of things. Many are looking for answers as to their identity, their purpose, and even their calling. The world has become more complex, more systematic, and sometimes vague at the same time. A family living in the same household may have a totally different worldview from each other. What is worldview? Worldview is, simply put, one's view or perception of the world they live in. Each person has his own view and opinion of the world. It varies based on what they know, their educational background, family background, upbringing, training, probably the influence of people around them, the culture they grew up in, or even their ethnic background. It is also dependent on the things they watch and the music they hear. So in Proverbs 4.23, it says, Be careful how you think your life is shaped by your thoughts. Your worldview is dependent on what you feed your mind. What you are constantly thinking about becomes a part of you. Don't you want to fill your mind with life-giving thoughts? Don't you want to fill your mind with positive, encouraging thoughts that will give you joy and peace? What are you thinking of constantly all throughout the day? or all throughout the week. What's in your mind, by the way? What's in your mind filled with? Is it filled with clean thoughts or filthy thoughts? Do you know that you have the freedom and ability to choose what goes on in your mind? We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. Folks, This verse is telling us, very simply, to demolish those thoughts that are not from God. Demolish those thoughts that are coming from the world. Demolish those thoughts when you're listening to music, you choose the music that you're listening to because it affects you. You choose the shows you're watching in Netflix or in any movie because some of them, will affect you. Some of them are very demonic. Some of them are going to corrupt your soul. It says, take every thought captive, especially thoughts of fear, thoughts that will bring you anxiety. You know, all these teachings that will cause you to have unbelief and not to believe in God. Worry. Okay, it brings, you know, when you worry, these are, there are ungodly thoughts. Make everything captive and make it obedient to Christ. Tell those thoughts, hey, I disagree with you, I renounce you, I don't accept fear, I don't accept unbelief in my life. You have the ability to destroy every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will know what God's will is, which is good and pleasing and perfect. But how do you let God transform you into a new person? I'm glad you asked. My first point, to know God is to know his word. You've heard this before. Christianity is not a religion. It's a relationship. You cannot grow in relationship with God if you don't know God. How can you have a relationship with someone you don't even know? Think about it. Who is God? What does he like and don't like? What, does, what pleases him? What brings him joy? What brings God sorrow? Is he a strict God? Is he a compassionate God? How do you view God? Is God the type who always, when you see him, is God the type that points a finger at you, always trying to look for uh, things when you fall and when you make mistakes? Let me submit to you today that in order for you to know God, you have to know his word. His word is who he is. His word is his bond. His word is his character and nature. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. For the word of God is living and active, it is sharper than any double edged sword. It penetrates even to the dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. Don't you just love that? That when you look at the Bible, it actually is a reflection of who you really are. It tells you who you really are and what's happening with you. It judges your thoughts. It judges the way you think. It tells you whether you're not in the right path or you're in the wrong path. It tells you whether you have a good attitude or not. All scripture, by the way, is God-breathed and is useful for teaching for rebuking for correcting and training in righteousness don't you just love that you know many times when i read the word sometimes god just rebukes me the word corrects me the word puts me in my own place the word brings training it, tra- it trains me every day it teaches me the truth what is right and what is wrong so in order to have the right Worldview, your view of the world should be based on his word. I call it word view, no longer worldview. Is your mind, this mind, is it consumed and saturated by the world, by the things of the world, or by his word? Do you know his word? You know, I suggest you even memorize his word, memorize verses. You repeat them over and over. That's what I do in my mind every minute of the day. I find a specific verse that I like that God's speaking to me and then I repeat it in my mind. Rewind, play. Rewind, play. What do you mean by this? Rewind, play. When I keep doing that, it falls from my head into my heart. I try to engrave them or write them in the tablets of my heart because when it falls to your heart, it affects my life. It changes me as a person. So the more you know his Word the more you chew and meditate on it, you can discern when something is of the world or from God. You know, when my ba- when I, kids were still baby and they were in, in the kids' church, when someone would cry, one of my, the, the, the babies would cry, my wife would go, hey, that's, that's mine. Immediately, you're, you're going to know. It's the same with God. You're going to know, no, this, God's telling me this because you're going to know his voice. If you know it's not from God, you can immediately reject it. You know, there are things that you listen from the word and people tell you. I said, no, I don't receive it. Practical examples when you're watching the news and you hear how bad the economy is. Sometimes it gets you to worry. But instead of worrying, you say, no, no, I'm not going to be worried. God said he's going to provide for me. God said he's Jehovah Jireh, my provider. I am blessed and highly favored. I begin to speak the truth of God's word in my life. You know, it doesn't matter whether the economy is up or down. God will always provide. There's always a way. He makes a way in the middle of the desert where there seems to be no way. God will make a way for you. How many times has God shown you? I used to think before that I wish I was there during the time of Moses when he split the Red Sea. And if I I told myself, if I saw that miracle, I probably have the faith, a bigger faith, if I saw that thing when I was there, if I was there. Then I realized how many miracles has God shown me already in my life. And yet to this day, I still begin to doubt. You know how you remove those doubts? How you grow in maturity and become doubt-free At the many times? It's because you know this God. When, when something is creating fear in your heart, okay? There's so many things to be afraid of, especially nowadays. Everything that you're seeing. When I have fear in my heart, I begin to recite 2 Timothy 1.7, I I said, no, no, I don't receive this fear. For God has not given me the spirit of fear and timidity, but of power, of love, and of self-discipline, or sound mind. My mind is alert, Joel Osteen would say. My mind is strong, my mind is alert. See, I know my mind is strong because God gave me soundness of mind. When you are anxious, You memorize and recite Philippians 4, 6 to 7. Do not be anxious. Jay, don't be anxious. Don't be anxious about anything. Not just in few things, but in everything. Don't be anxious. But in every situation that you're in, Jay, in every situation that you are in, by prayer and petition. Repeat that with me. Prayer and petition. With thanksgiving. Lord, thank you. Even if the situation looks bleak, Even if the situation looks hopeless, even if the situation is is not for me, Lord, I will still give thanks, and I'll present my request to you. God, help me with this. Provide for me. Heal me. Restore me. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. That's immediate. The peace is immediate. When you pray, I give it to God. This is my situation, God. I won't fight this. You fight my battles. You take care of my battles. I can't do it, but you can. It's not my problem anymore. It's now yours. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, begins to guard my heart and mind in Christ Jesus. But you won't be able to do that, again, if you don't know the word. If you don't know the Word, start memorizing verses. The starting point is to know God through His Word. The world has enough trouble on its own. Imagine God not being in it. it. can be overwhelming, right? But imagine having a big God in the center of your life. No matter what the storm is, you can be storm-proof. My second point, to know God is to obey God. I love this. No one who lives in Him keeps on sinning. No one who continues to sin has either seen Him or know Him. Are you beginning to grow in God? I believe if you're growing God, you will hate sin. It's not that you won't sin anymore, but as you grow in the knowledge and in the love of God, you will sin less and less and less. You become more mature. You progress. You begin to realize that you become more and more victorious in life. When you get to know God more, the more you grow in your relationship with Him, the more you're You're going to desire what He wants. You will desire to obey Him and do His will. You can only apply and do these things if you know them. Experiencing God's love will want you to serve Him more. Remember, the Bible is His Word. And the Bible is the ultimate manual for life. Go get a Bible. If you don't have a Bible, go get a Bible. My third point, to know God is to listen to God. How many of you loves to listen to God. How many of you, when you hear God, you, you have peace? How many of you, when you hear God, you begin to have joy? We are from God, and whoever knows God listens to us. But whoever is not from God does not listen to us. This is how we recognize the spirit of truth and the spirit of falsehood. By the way, listening is an art. It's a, some sort of a science, and it's also a skill at the same time. I had to learn how to listen. I had to learn how to be teachable. It takes a lot to, to learn how to listen. You know, it takes a hungry heart to want to know more of God. It takes a lot of humility to say, God, I don't have it all together. I need your wisdom. I want to know more. I need you. Teach me your ways, O Lord, and lead me to a path of understanding. Next point to know God is to love one another. You know, I've I've learned to know God for many, many years now. And as I grew in the knowledge of God, for some reason, I don't know how, I don't know why, I have more compassion and patience with people. That's the truth. Left to myself, I probably am not like that. But I've learned how to love people. It's easier now to forgive others. I'm not saying it's easy all the time, but it's a lot easier now. You see, when I was a new Christian, I have a confession to make. I used to curse a lot. How many of you here watching, you curse a lot? Some of you still curse a lot today. Okay. I do a lot of cursing. Maybe it's a habit. You know, it's like, I don't know. When I was in high school, it's like four curses for every sentence. (laughs) Okay. BS this and F this. (laughs) I cursed a lot. And then... After two, three months, you know what? I didn't curse for for every sentence. I did one for every paragraph. Wow, that's an improvement. And three months later, one in probably two paragraphs. And somebody told me, hey, why are you still cursing? I said, well, you should have seen me four months ago. I was worse. But going forward years later, I realized, huh, when was the last time I really cursed? Sometimes, you know, you don't curse verbally, but you curse in your heart. But I realize now that I've been growing in God, even in my mind, I realize I haven't been cursing a lot. And it's been a while that, you know, And I realize God really changes people. You know, we can really grow in God. We're growing in God when we continue to receive love from God. And as a result, we begin to love others. Loving others doesn't come naturally. Loving people can only uh, happen when we know that the heart of God with people. God literally died for people. He died for the lost. That's why he came. He cared so much for the world that he gave His only his life for them. People are valuable to God. Yes, you and I were valuable to God. This is the reason he came. He came to seek and save the lost. Okay, we didn't seek him. He sought us. As we get to know God and his love for us, we in turn begin to love God and love what he loves, and that is people. Love people around you, even if they make mistakes, even if they offend you. And then that verse that says, love your enemies, I used to think that is the most impossible thing to to do. But I realized as I grew older in God, hmm, it seems to be possible. You can't love those because they don't they can't see what you and I see. They're blinded by the world. And so again, just to recap, I just want to say to know God, you have to know His word. You have to know his word. Have a spiritual discipline to start knowing God through His word. And then when you begin to know God through His word, you begin to obey. When you experience His love, you begin to obey. And then to know God is to listen to God. Listen, you keep still. And lastly, to know God, you begin to love one another. Amen? Let's pray. Lord, I thank You that we are growing in the knowledge of You because we want to know Your word, we want to obey and listen. Teach us to love you and love people. God, we surrender everything to you. Thank you, Jesus, for what you've done for us. In Jesus' name, amen. Folks, at this point, we again will celebrate communion. For those of you at home and you've been attending our services, and for those who are new, just bring out, find some bread and some juice. Uh, The bread symbolizes, again, The body, Jesus' body that was torn and beat it up. You know, he he wouldn't do anything for you and I. And then his blood, uh, the juice represents his blood, basically. Saying that he, you know, I'm willing to give up my life for you, God said. I'm willing to die for you guys. I'm willing to pay the penalty for your sins. Because I love you so much. And that's the representation of the juice. So, with that, we just want to... Again, honor God for what He has done for us.